Hello students and welcome back to the Lore of the Iron Kingdoms with me, Professor Gaster. Today we are actually going to be discussing the Iron Fang Pikemen of Kodor. And every unit, officer, and the like in this, as well as some notable characters in this particular theme list. Also, unfortunately, they have not been released to Mark IV yet, so we will only be able to look at their Mark III counterparts and make assumptions of what Mark IV will look like for them when they come. But before anything, thank you guys so much for showing up to class, and thank you for liking, sharing, and commenting. It always helps, and thank you again, Privateer Press, for letting us read your fantastic lore. But before further ado, let's begin! And as per usual, we'll be starting with the, the base model for the Iron Fang Pikemen, the Iron Fang Pikemen themselves. The Iron Fang Pikemen are proud examples of the Ghidoran fighting spirit. They stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with six-ton steam-powered machines that can crush the life out of them with a single blow. These hardened soldiers are part of an ancient tradition of spearmen who fought northern bears. They later evolved into pikemen deployed by settled cards to stand against the roving horse lords who dominated the southern plains and eastern hills of their empire. Just as they stood firm against the seemingly unstoppable tide of warlords on muscled horses, they now form up behind their shield and bring weapons to bear against the warjacks that dominate the modern battlefield. Their pikes tipped with a powerful explosive charges, Iron Fang pikemen can blast through infantry and heavy warjacks armor with equal success. Behind their tower shields, Iron Fangs are notoriously difficult to kill. Even coordinated rifle fire sometimes bounces off their armored frames as they continue their implacable advance. They are trained to regard their heavy armor as a second skin and are able to ignore its weight and even sleep comfortably in it. In the battle, they move with military precision, interlocking their shields to form nearly impenetrable mobile walls. After centuries of service, the Iron Fangs have become a heralded tradition of the Kadoran army. Their fraternal bond legendary. Upon acceptance into the Legion of the Iron Fang, a soldier swears a blood oath, casts off the life he lived before, and dedicates himself to his fellow soldiers, his country, and the art of war. And these guys I have fought alongside, and these guys are definitely elite soldiers, especially compared to the Winter Guard as well, since these guys you actually have to, well, get into them. It's not just a standard, uh, oh, just sign up. Uh, these guys are literally walking armor. Whenever they shield wall up, their armor jumps up to almost a 20 at an 18. But let's go over their Mark III, just because that's all we got, and let's make some assumptions. Mark three, their speed is six, their mat is seven, which is kind of high. Their defense 14 armor, or sorry, defense 12 armor 14. They have combined melee, which makes sense since they are a, a melee unit. Well, basically, I believe this whole theme is a melee unit. And their a blasting pike is a, is a power strength 13 and has critical knockdown. So on a critical hit, they knock down. So that is astounding and it does some pretty good damage they do have the shield wall order which i am making the assumption that is going to turn into the shield wall just basic ability and i believe most likely their base arm is actually going to go up to a 15 because then that will get them up to a 17 kind of cut in the middle there making these guys still super armored fellas and they're probably going to still keep combined melee and i believe they will probably still keep critical knockdown just because that is one of their fantastic abilities they have. But let's move on to their Iron Fang Pikeman Officer and Standard. 
the Iron Fang are devoted to being the finest martial order in the Iron Kingdoms. Their recruiting and training regiment borders on superhuman and ensures that those who earn their fangs are without equal, and that the men who bear the honor of commanding them are consummate leaders. When Iron Fang units charge into action, double-timing towards the enemy across unforgiving ground, the calls of their lieutenants and captains urge them onward. Once the troopers are within striking distance, their officers lead them in precision attacks with the blasting pikes rending iron-hulled warjacks and dismantling them where they stand. Some revered veterans among the Iron Fangs are bestowed with the honor of carrying the unit's standard. The bearer holds high the banner of the motherland to fill the hearts of his countrymen with pride and determination and provide a rallying point on the field. The pikemen can truly become men of iron under the bold Cadorn colors. Signaled into motion by their commanding officers, the units swiftly form a shield wall in the thick of battle. When Iron Fangs are protected by their brothers under the skilled coordination of their officers and inspired by the sight of the company standards, no enemy exists that they cannot overcome. And these guys are also a phenomenal as well because these guys Matt is already an eight so when these guys are involved in the combined melee attack it makes them well it's like they're little snipers but in melee which is phenomenal especially since I believe the butcher actually has a Matt eight as well or Matt nine I don't know he's something like that but yeah these guys very rarely miss when they get into melee with people but let's go over what I believe will happen with their mark three or Mark IV counterpart whenever that comes out. Right, as mentioned earlier, I believe their armor stat will go from a 14 to a 15, and their and their um, shield wall command will actually go to an innate ability, so if they're just standing close. Also, uh, I did not mention this before, the Iron Vein unit size will actually drop down to 5 unit, or 5 man unit, instead of its standard 6 to 10, which is just what happens in Mark IV. But back to the Iron Fang officer changes. I believe defensive formation will just become repositioned since they don't really have to go into shield wall anymore. And I believe they will keep relentless charge as a as a tactic in this, allowing them to get Pathfinder. Uh, also, with the standard bears now, I've been seeing a lot of uh, a lot of updates where these guys give them give their whole unit a plus one to their attack rolls which that would be kind of neat to see with these guys, especially turning the whole unit into a, you know, Mat 8 or Mat 9, depending. But, uh, and of course, they still have Critical Knockdown, which that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking we're going to just turn Defensive Formation into Reposition 5 or 3, whatever they do, and keep Relentless Charge and make the modifications to the Standard Bear. But let's move on to the uh, Black Dragon Iron Fang Pikemen, their Elite Force. Black Dragons, Kodor Iron Fang at Unit. The Black Dragons are an elite force of veteran Iron Fang pikemen who have refused to abandon their comrades despite their advancing age and instead fight on with even greater resolve. Their signature black and gold armor and dragon emblazoned banner and shields stand apart from the crimson and steel color of the Iron Fangs, a bold testament to their skill, ferocity, and perseverance. The foundation of the Black Dragons can be traced to the end of the hostilities between Kodor and Ord in 468 AR. After the war, many Iron Fangs were forced into retirement as they had reached or surpassed the mandatory age. However, some of those veteran Iron Fangs had proven that their experience and skill made them as capable, if not more so, than their younger companions in arms. 
They petitioned the high command for permissions to remain on active duty. As many of these veterans, Iron Fangs, were highly decorated war heroes, their request was granted and the Black Dragon Company was formed. Their tactics are similar to those of regular pikemen, but the veterans' age, experience, and precision allow them to excel in certain areas. Survivors of countless battlefield injuries, they are all but inured to pain, and tales of the Black Dragon's fighting on despite terrible injuries are not uncommon. On the battlefield, their resolve is unquestionable, and they will stand fiercely against overwhelming odds or even supernatural horrors that would send lesser men fleeing. The Black Dragons fight on as if the battle could be their last, and the enemies engaged in melee with them find their shields impenetrable, their thirst for battle unquenchable, and their blasting pikes unerring and lethal. And the Black Dragons are definitely the elite of the elite. These guys are phenomenal to have in battle if they're on your side, not very much against it. But, uh, and they look cool too, because, you know, Black dragons, well, dragons always look cool depending on where you are. But their stat line is not that much different from a regular Iron Fang pikeman, but their unit abilities is what stands them apart. They have practice maneuver, which allows them to stab through each other, and having a range two on your long spear, being able to stab through each other means you guys can clump up and be even more in your armor. They also have precision strike as well, which means you don't have to roll random things whenever they're attacking a war beast or a war jack. They get to choose a witch branch or column they're going down and then of course they have the shield wall order and critical knockdown as well um what i believe their mark four changes well i don't think they're really going to change all that much outside the shield wall order going to a just innate plus two and then their armor of course going up to a 15 most likely because that would make sense and yeah i think they're not going to really change much since they're a pretty a basic unit doesn't really have that many special abilities but speaking of special abilities let's go into the black dragon officer and standard and see what we got there war is not the profession that suffers the careless to live long the veteran iron fang who take up the mantle of a black dragon have accumulated a lifetime of hard-won experience, cunning battlefield maneuvers, and unshakable zeal, leading these soldiers as warriors who exemplify the qualities of their elite fighting order and of the resolve of Kodoran fighting spirit, veterans of some of Kodor's fiercest conflicts. These officers bring that extensive combat experience to bear in leading the Black Dragons. Many are former Kovniks or captains already familiar with the challenges of leadership. They command unquestioned authority, for each one has witnessed the bloodiest days that war has to offer and still prevailed. Similarly, each has seen too many comrades at arms die to ever give up an inch on the battlefield to the Empire's enemies. Accompanying the officer of the Black Dragons are select soldiers deemed worthy of holding aloft the company's distinctive Black Banner. To be chosen for this task is a high honor. For the standard of the Black Dragons inspires not only the members of the unit, but all the Iron Fangs, who look at the black and gold pennant as a symbol of their entire fighting tradition. Should the standard bearer fall, no Black Dragon would hesitate to drop his blasting pike and take up the standard again. And these guys are definitely elite elite because these guys are actually almost at the same level as a Kovnik, if not better. We'll read about the Kovniks here in a little bit, but let's go over there. Mark 3 and make some guesses on what's going to happen in Mark 4. Alright, I'm going to assume their armor is going to go up to a 15 and their shield wall is going to become an innate plus 2 armor while they're touching. Uh, their original move, Iron Zeal, I feel will 
Well, I'm not entirely sure because a lot of these one-off abilities that they can use once per game are being removed for more simplicity. So we'll see what happens with there. Uh, they still have practice maneuver as all black dragons. They still have precision strike, which is great. And they also have a sidestep. Well, he actually gives them sidestep, which allows them to move up to two inches after their attack is resolved, which I feel like that's going to be one of the abilities that you can keep. Um, however, I think it might be turned into a reposition three, uh, just because that would make a lot more sense. And as most of the standard bear, I believe most of that will be removed outside of take up. And I believe they will get a plus one to their attack rolls. So we will see how that goes. And of course they do all have critical knockdown because these are Iron Fang pikemen, just older and more experienced than the rest. But let's move on to the Iron Fang Olins. They're cavalry Iron Fang pikemen, which adding cavalry to Iron Fang pikemen make them even faster and way more dangerous. Olin's tradition defines Kadoran cavalry warfare. The descendants of the horse lords of old employ tactics and feats of riding that few outside of Kodor can hope to master. Their bravery is a legend they prove in every battle. Serving as a vanguard of the Iron Fang's legions, the Olin's are often the first to make contact with the enemy. In tightly bound formations, these mounted Iron Fangs fluidly ride together melding classical equestrian tactics with the fighting formations of the pikemen. Olins clear the way with blasting lances and the striking hooves of their Pazdiyav warhorses, enabling them to storm across the most heavily contested battlefield. These lances are explosive point of a crushing onslaught that the Olins charge. Once they enter close combat, the riders employ a short blade on the shafts of their lances to cut the enemy down. The Olin's tradition demands that the horses fight as fiercely as the rider. The heavily armored mount can crush a man's skull with ease under its hooves. So powerful are these war horses that they can even knock aside warjacks as they charge across the battlefield. The loyal and intelligent war horses carry the massive weight of the armored iron fang with ease. They charge over obstacles that would stall less skilled riders, moving with graceful strength and agility as they bear down upon the enemy. And these horses are quick. These horses are quick even compared to how fast elves move. Because um, I've seen some horses that you know, only move a speed of 7, which is cool, but these guys are a speed 8, which in the new realm of running, well in the old realm it was a run of 16 inches, which is insane in the new realm of mark 4 it is only a 13 inch run um, but these guys charge were crazy powerful as well because they're charging from horseback so instead of it being a power 13 it is a power 16 smash with that iron fang pikeman pike but let's go over the mark 3 versions and make our assumptions on what mark 4 is going to look like uh, these guys already have Wall of Steel, which is the base-to-base -base plus two armor automatically. So I don't think anything is going to happen with their armor at 17. Uh, they're still a mat 7, so that's... Well, they're going to probably main a mat 7 because that would make sense. Uh, I believe they will keep reposition because most... I believe all mounted models have reposition. So that's just something that Mark IV just sees a lot of. And I believe like most of the horses that we've read about so far are probably going to keep steady and they're probably going to keep relentless charge just because that's part of who they are. Now, I believe their weapons are probably going to get some kind of changes. Like, it's still going to be the critical knockdown, of course, but I'm not sure how the lance ability where they can't use it unless they charge or the, the close combat ability with their pommel strike is going to change 
or the critical knockdown with their mount because with the with all of the updates to combat in Mark IV, uh, they do make some pretty heavy changes to these particular styles of weapons where you can't use one if you use the other, you don't have encumbered or whatever, but we will find out. I'm not entirely sure what's going to happen. I do know, however, that the unit size is going to be reduced to three, so you can no longer have a five-man Iron Fang Olin unit, which means anybody that already has a five-man unit should probably just see if they can buy one more horse and then run two full war horse units, which are always going to be fun. But let's move on to the Iron Fang Kovnik. Axes in hand and fur-lined capes billowing behind them, the fierce and war-hardened Iron Fang Kovnik can be seen commanding thousands of troops wherever Kodor marches to war. Bellowing orders, these imposing veteran officers refuse to remain safely at the rear and can lead from the front, striking where the fighting is thickest. These Kovniks are seeing themselves as Iron Fangs first and foremost, eschewing the comforts of rank to live in the austere life of their proud brotherhood, sleeping in their armor and marching alongside their forces. As the army marches, Iron Fang Kovnik inspect the troops regularly, checking on supplies and general morale, while also keeping subordinate officers on their toes. Having led thousands of the Empire's loyal men and women, a seasoned Iron Fang Kovnik knows just how hard the units can be driven and where its breaking point lies. These elite soldiers have fought every type of enemy and have emerged wiser, bringing new tactics to each engagement. Together with other senior officers, Kovniks representing separate forces often meet between battles to compare notes, assess the state of their combined forces, and plan the motherland's next great conquest. And these guys are a phenomenal. Back in the day, these guys used to actually be a warjack uh, captain, or what do, you, what do you call those, warjack commanders? No, these guys used to be able to be given a warjack in battle, and when you got a warjack out with a bunch of elite fighting forces, it makes the front lines a lot more dangerous for the enemies. Um, what is, what do I believe a Mark IV changes? Well, the Mark III, these guys are a Mat 8, Defense 12, and Armor 15. And they have a great axe instead of an, a pike, which makes sense since these guys like their axes. Um, their original abilities are, that they can give people in their command range are, they give all Iron Fangs precision strike, um, they give Iron Fangs no sleeping on the job, which means they can't be knocked down. And then, of course, they have Precision Strike, and they have Unyielding, which gives them their armor bonus to people in their melee. They also have Weapon Master. I believe Weapon Master is going to be staying. I believe something's going to probably happen with their abilities. I think they're going to keep uh, No Sleeping on the Job with Iron Fangs, just because that's good. But I'm not sure if we're going to have Precision Strike as something that they keep. Because I believe that might be made into a unit leader ability, but we will see in the future. But I believe the rest of it will probably stick to about the same, just because these guys are pretty basic and Iron Fangs like working with each other if they can. But let's move on to the Great Bears of Gallowswood. The Great Bears of Gallowswood are the survivors of an Iron Fang company once based out in Kravold, Kragsvold Fort, a rugged bastion overlooking Kadoran's border where it touched both the Ordic and Signaran Thornwood Forest. They have earned their reputation for honor and self-sacrifice, where that the mere mention of their name can cause a respectful silence to fall over a room. The common people eagerly relate stories of the Great Bears as if they've witnessed their deeds rather than hearing them secondhand. Joseph Volkov, the sixth of an unbroken line of Iron Fangs, earned fame with his unit 
While still a lieutenant, he won his shield of Kardarvik and Sash of Valor in a series of bloody engagements near Felig, including a attack to destabilize Signarn border garrisons and numerous skirmishes against disrespectful mercenary companies paid in Signarn coin to harass Kadoran citizens living near the border. Volkov earned an honorific Fang of the First Bear when just 22 years old, the youngest ever to do so, by leading his squad against five times their number near Kalwine Forest, or Karlwine Forest. In 593 AR, the Southlanders grew tired of their losses from border skirmishes and decided to destroy Krogvog Fort entirely. Volkov's foremost among those who stood against the Signaran attacks, fought beside his trusted brother-in-arms, Moskorkalsk, a heavily muscled younger scrapper named Kartov Yorovich soon joined them. As Signarns poured into the breach and the trio's Kadoran countrymen died around them, these three warriors held one of the largest passages of the open courtyard by themselves, yielding their position only when the countless Signaran dead had formed a bleeding wall that pressed down around them. Every inch of ground the Kadoran bears surrounded, they were soaked with Signaran blood. Volkov eventually saw the fortress had fallen, and they retreated. Their foes cheered in relief to see them go, weary of sacrificing their own against the bloody-minded heroes. Meanwhile, the great bears watched in fury as their home collapsed and burned. The Signarns erased the fort and their dead comrades from the face of the Gadoran in a great pyre, an ignoble end to such worthy fighters. The High Command awarded each of the Great Bears accolades for having fought on past any hope of victory. Yet they cared little for such honors. Volkov refused to reconstitute his company, even as after his superiors promoted him to captain. He pointed to Kolsk and Yarovich and said they carried the weight of the fallen dead. The sight of this trio joining an engagement sends an immediate thrill through their war-weary allies. The Great Bears have fought in countless battles over the last two decades, and on many occasions their tireless ferocity has turned the tide of battles. Volkov, the bearded and dark-eyed leader admired by every officer, has a feel for the shifting fortunes of battle and an uncanny ability to show up where most needed. The older Kulsk Sabres of Service testify to 20 unflinching years in the uniform, and he serves as a lieutenant every captain or commandant dreams of having at their side. He never questions his orders and can find ways to execute the most impossible plans. Yorovich, the wildest of the three, is called the Brute by some, but with affection. The Kovnik once baited Yorkovich, or Yorovich into a fight against the drinking hall, thinking himself safe behind his uniform, but Yorovich killed him with a single punch. No one dares pick a fight with Yorovich now, and his laughter rings out on the battlefield as he sweeps his axe and killing arcs alongside his great bear brothers. And these guys are definitely each individually an elite themselves, making them super dangerous to go up against, and I imagine they will be seeing some very interesting changes in the future, because I believe all the character trios have seen some interesting changes in the Mark IV series, but let's go over there, Mark III, because that is what we have. Uh, Volkov is a mat, well, all these guys are a mat 8 armor, or defense 13, armor 14. I believe that will, of course, go up a one armor point to an arm 15, since these guys are the, well, more melee versions of the standard Iron Fang pikemen. Well, 
more melee. They're all melee. You get what I'm saying. Um, they will probably still maintain their shield wall or wall of steel because that's what they have. So if they're touching, they get a plus two armor. And I believe they might actually keep rapid strike, hopefully. Um, not sure if they're going to keep flank. I believe probably since it's still a normal ability. And uh, they'll probably keep relentless charge. I can't imagine these guys are going to look at too many changes, but with some of the three-man units in the in the Iron Kingdoms and War Machines, they've made some very outstanding changes to make them more simple. But uh, yeah, I think these guys are all going to just keep most of their stuff and just maybe make them just slightly more edgy on the battlefield because they are very pro-combat in this game, as always. But let's move on to Captain Sofia Skorova. And a big shout out, thank you to Iron Kingdom's wiki for having some information on this because, well, it's kind of hard to find information on her. Let's begin. Captain Sofia Skorova is a veteran of the elite Black Dragons that bears scars from many battles with pride. Her pike, armor, and shield are the only possessions she values, and her fellow Iron Fangs are the only family she has ever desired. She was born to an influential Keazi from Kodor Stred, who intended to marry her off to the son of Viscount Igor Sogora, Sogoro, sorry, to increase his personal standing, which would excuse her from mandatory military service. Not wanting to be forced into marriage with the pampered son of a lazy nobleman and feeling a personal responsibility to protect her nation, Skorova abandoned her family and went to the Volengrad to join the Iron Fangs, where she earned the respect of her fellow Iron Fangs. She earned a reputation for her resolve of steel, striking down men and machines with expert thrusts of her battle pike, or blasting pike, even when the moral of her fellow soldiers broke. Fighting while injured, outnumbered, and even alone, Skorova would not be broken. After several years of service, Skorova's unit transferred to reinforce Ravensguard, where she spent months in fierce melees with Signarin Northguard defenders in a ceaseless struggle between the two fortresses, earning promotions and commendations for her battlefield prowess. During that time, she developed a relationship with a fellow Iron Fang under her command, but all changed in early 600 AR when a sniper exchange between Northguard and Ravensguard escalated into a brief but fierce skirmish. During this initial offense by the Ravensguard, Skorov's unit was cut off from retreat by heavy Signarin shelling, and Signarin cannons and rifles took them down one by one. Skorova was the last one standing, and ignoring her wounds, guarded the bodies of her comrades until aid came. The devastating event did not break her, and instead she pledged her life to the Black Dragons, an oath that would not be fulfilled until her ashes are scattered on the field of Volengrad. Since vowed to kill a hundred for every soldier she lost outside Ravensguard, she is as well as every comrade that died since then, while she is still willing to give her life to see this come to pass. Her determination and endurance has kept her alive and has become a legendary figure among the forces of the motherland. And she is a scary lady and she won't go down if her men are still dying around her, she will stand firm and she'll stand right back up no matter how many bullet holes are in her, no matter how many warjacks have slapped her across the battlefield. She is a scary person and I have seen her terrify the enemy because of her resolve to keep breathing and keep fighting against the enemies of the motherland. Yeah, but let's read over her Mark III counterpart because there is no Mark IV yet. 
All right, and like most black dragons, she is a mat eight, defense 12, although she's an arm 15, which I'm assuming they're probably gonna all bump up to arm 15. And she has some interesting abilities. Well, she has her blasting pike, which she is a weapon master at because, well, she's epic. And then her shield is also a weapon. And then she is also a weapon master at that as, you know, because those are her favorite tools that she's ever had. And she gets a plus two to her armor from that shield. So it gets her up to a 17, making her super deadly on the battlefield. Uh, she has Inhuman Resolve, which is that ability that means that she can't die if people are dying around her. Like, if she is, you know, boxed, she'll just sit on the ground until the start of the following turn, until the start of the maintenance phase. And if anybody around her died before that time comes, she gains a she gains one damage point back per model killed. So yeah, be very very scary. <laughs> Try to save her till the end if you can. Um, she has Precision Strike, which means she chooses a column or branch of things that she's attacking. Uh, she has Righteous Vengeance, which means if one or more of her models are killed during maintenance phase, she moves uh, She moves three inches and makes an attack, which an attack by a Weapon Master is incredibly dangerous. Uh, she also has Shield Guard, so she'll protect guys around her as well, which her Inhuman Resolve makes a very, very good use of that particular ability. And then she has a Veteran Leader which she gives every Iron Fang around her a plus one to their attack rolls. Um, do I believe a whole lot's going to change on this character? I hope not, because the way she is makes her a great for the Iron Fang Pikeman and makes her a mainstay for the solos that you can have in that themed list. And she also has Critical Knockdown on her Blasting Pike as every Iron Fang Pikeman does. So yeah, she is a scary lady, and I certainly hope that nothing changes, because that will keep her scary. But let's move on to the final Olin Kovnik Markov. The, well, he's a Kovnik who's on a horse, which makes that even more dangerous, but let's read about him and his crazy abilities. Olin Kovnik Markov. The blood of ancient horse lords flows through the veins of the Olin Kovnik Dorek Markov, the admired Kovnik that has come to represent everything the Iron Fangs revere. Under his leadership, the soldiers of his 29th Assault Battalion advances a single body driven by one mind. They remain unwavering despite casualties and grind down all opposition with tireless resolve. Markov sees every Kadoran soldier as it kin, but the Iron Fangs are his closest brothers. Growing up with every expectation that he would follow in his father's footsteps as the Iron Fang Olin, young Markov trained from sunup to sundown to care for his steed and learn the traditions of the Olins. Years after joining the service and earning his commission, Markov had the rare honor of serving directly alongside his sire, fighting together in skirmishes along the Signaran border. He will always remember the brutal battle where he saw his father fall from his horse in a clash against Signaran's storm lances. The younger Markov rallied his forces and drove the Signarans from the field, but could do nothing for his father in his final minutes. The quiet dignity with which his father accepted death in the battle, left a lasting impression on Markov, and he endeavored to do justice to this legacy. Markov serves alongside the Iron Fangs of the Second Army with distinction. He has earned nearly every reward and accolade offered by the Kadoran Army. His battalion played a key role in the early battles of Rivers Met during the invasion of Lael and proved its merit during the Siege of Morrowind. Markov's sterling service record 
was at the forefront of the Commanded Earth's mind when he chose the Kovnik to lead the 4th Assault Legion, the spearhead of the 2nd Army. Markov's Pazdov warhorse, Grovek, Gorvek, sorry, carries him into battle alongside the formations of the Iron Fang pikemen under his command. Markov has conditioned the steed to endure the chaos of battle unfazed and to bear him and his customized concussion lance in battle. As Markov hammers into the enemy, the tip of the lance detonates with a earth-shaking explosion that sends soldiers, beasts, and even warjacks tumbling while he and his mount emerge unharmed from the ensuing cloud of gore and debris. Markov has proven as adroit in the battlefield tactics as the Commandant Urusk counts Kovnik Markov among his most trusted officers, and they frequently dissect recent battles at Urusk's table. When preparing for the massive second attack on Norsgaard, Urusk entrusted Markov to lead the sizable diversionary force. Though to be a suicide mission by some, the critical feint drew two Signaran warcasters away from the fortress, leaving it vulnerable to the attack. Markov not only successfully diverted the enemy, but also survived along with the core of the forces, which speaks volumes to his ability to lead men and react to the most violent clashes. The senior Olins expect and receive tremendous efforts from his forces when he escorts them to push themselves harder. Markov has gained their respect through his willingness to share in the dangers they face and has engendered in them a keen desire to earn his approval. Markov's quiet strength serves as an inspiration and a reminder of the ancient nobility that still rides forth in the name of Kodor. And Markov is a fantastic leader, and when Ursk himself sees him as a competent leader, that is saying something since Ursk, or Commandant Ursk, is by far the highest ranking forecaster in the Kodoran military, and by far the best with battle tactics, and yeah that says a note of how good Olin Kovnik Markov is and how good he is on the battlefield. But let's go over his Mark III stuff. And on this guy, I'm not entirely sure what they're going to change around. They might make him better. They might make him worse. I'm going to find out. Uh, he's still a Speed 8 since he's an Olin. Still a Mat 8, Defense 12, and Arm 18. He has a concussive lance instead of the traditional... Uh, traditional pikes of the Olin. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, he has his pummel strike and he has his mount ability to do some damage. Uh, he has reposition three, which I don't think is going to go anywhere. Relentless charge, also probably not going anywhere. Steady, probably not going anywhere. Uh, he has tactician for the Iron Fangs, so he allows Iron Fangs well within his command range to move through each other as if they're not there, which is phenomenal for Iron Fangs since as a melee unit, you kind of want to be able to get through your guys. And he makes them all just better. But his concussive lance is probably one of my favorite concussive lances, lances because it does not have to crit to explode. It's automatically when it hits, and when it hits with a mat 8, it's going to hit. It blasts everybody within four, a 4 AOE, which might most likely is probably going to change up how that's spelling. But everybody within the 4, o, four inch AOE is hit with a POW 10 and they're knocked down automatically, which is crazy especially with you know you want this guy to run up front because you know he's going to take out what you need him to take out however it is a lance so he does have to have it he does have to charge in so he can't just you know walk up and hit somebody it does have to be a charge um and then his pummel is also pretty good 
but uh, it's a power strength 10 with a mat 8, so it's probably just going to you know, kill whatever he's next to. So he wants to get out of there and keep going if he can. Um, although with the reposition now, he can get into combat and he can get out of combat and not have to you know suffer attack opportunities because of Mark IV. So we'll see how that plays out and makes him even more dangerous and even more growing. But... That is the end of the Iron Fang Pikeman list. That is everything that we have for the Iron Fang Pikeman. They're not a, a huge group, not as you know, not as crazy as the Winter Guard, not as not as uh, diverse as all of the Black Lads that we read about last week. But uh, yeah, that's the Iron Fang Pikeman. These guys make a fun theme for us to put together because guys with shields and shields and spears, you know, very very spartan-esque and their colorations pretty awesome as well um but yeah that's it uh, if you're enjoying these please like subscribe comment let me know how we're doing let me know if you're enjoying this let me know if you've ever told anybody else about this particular podcast slash youtube channel and you'll get a special thank you in the comments as well from me since i do answer all of your comments i believe also if you would like to share any cool pictures or any stories of battles you've had, whether using your Iron Fang pikemen or going up against them, we would love to hear about them. Um, it always helps to expand our channel and keep the steam train rolling. Uh, also, a thank you to Privateer Press for letting us read their fantastic lore. And as always, class dismissed. <laughs>